And I want to encourage you tonight to get excited over what God's doing, even the least little thing, the least blessing that He gives you in your life. Be excited over it. Be thankful for it. Give Him thanks for it because that's a key that will open a lot of doors for us is if we appreciate what He does. If you can't think of anything else to be appreciative for someday, you can just be appreciative that you're saved. Hallelujah. You can be appreciative that you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, that you speak with other tongues. Hallelujah. And praise God, you can change the atmosphere by just praising God and thanking Him. It just, uh, you know, even if you are so in a bad place that, that you have to, um, just kind of grit your teeth and force out the praise and just mm, praise praise the Lord. You know, if you'll do that 10 times by the time you get to 10, you, the atmosphere will be changed in Jesus' name. It puts the devil on the run when we praise God. And the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. It brings God on the scene. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now I'm going to turn to Exodus chapter 24 tonight. And I'm going to show you a scripture that I love. Tonight, I intend to talk about, uh, and I believe this is what the Holy Ghost gave me, but no telling how it's going to go. But uh, uh, why does the church need signs and wonders? Hallelujah. <laughs> I got all sorts of reasons. And I didn't get this from somebody. I got them from me. And I was like, I, I believe with all my heart that we need signs and wonders in the church today. And, and now, now, and why do we need them? And I just sat down and wrote down some things. But, and if I don't get to tell them all to you, or if I tell you some, I didn't, because I actually thought of more. I know there's more. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. Because it says something so amazing that I think that you're going to be surprised in, in Exodus 24 what it says. Hallelujah. I want, to, I want to enter into His presence. I want to see God. We sang a song, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Well, the church has had a misconception do y'all think we could ever get some misconceptions that things could get passed down through religion and so forth? And the, one of the misconceptions is, is that you can't, we can't see God. The misconception comes from an Old Testament scripture that says, no man hath ever seen God and lived. But that's the Old Covenant man. And uh, they could not stand before God in His glory and live. But we are born again. And Pastor preached Sunday how we are a new creation. And we're born of His Spirit. We're flesh of His flesh and bone of His bone. Somebody said the other day, we're adopted. We're not, we are not adopted. We are born of Him. Yes, the Bible says that we have a spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, our Daddy God. But we have not been adopted by God and just, you know, I'm going to make you a part of my family. And, you know, no, we've been re-fathered from above. We're born again. And so because of that, a lot of things in the Old Testament don't apply to us, even though there are things that do, that are principles and so forth that will apply to us. But not being able to see God, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Praise God. You know, another place it comes from is where it says Moses wanted asked he asked to see God, didn't he? And God said, Well, I'm gonna hide you in the cleft of the rock and I'm gonna pass by you and you're gonna see my hinder parts. But when you go to the Hebrews, Hebrew Hebrews and look it up, it says I'm gonna what he said when he said, I'm gonna show you my hinder parts, he showed him all the hinder parts of history. Everything that had transpired to that point is what he showed Moses, and that's how he wrote Genesis, because Moses wrote Genesis. And everybody says, how did he know? Well, God showed him, and it says it right there. You'll have to dig that out in the Hebrew, but that's what it says. Now, in Exodus chapter 24, we're talking about signs and wonders tonight. Hallelujah. And God wants us to have a lot more than we've allowed ourselves to have. We've had kept we've kept God in a box and ourselves in a box. But I'm telling you, God's breaking out of the box all over the earth today. He is moving mightily. And sometimes it's hard to see, sometimes in the United States. But I want to encourage you to something that Pastor and I have decided. And this is one of our little sayings, like everything's turning out amazing, is uh, uh, ignore what hell is doing. And so that takes care of most everything on the news. Ignore what hell is doing, because most of everything on the news, what's hell doing? It was what, it, what hell is doing. And celebrate what heaven's doing. And so I like to talk about signs and wonders and the miracles. And we've been given testimonies here. We had a great testimony Sunday that we really, even if they're just somebody else's testimony, hallelujah. Remember Sunday we had talked about Dave and the phone number that God came out as a word of knowledge. That was good. Y'all have to get the tape. I don't have time to repeat that one. But anyway, I don't know if it's even on the tape. That was before the, we got to... There. Okay, so Exodus 24.10, I'm going to read out of the Amplified Bible, so if you don't have the Amplified, listen closely. And they saw the God of Israel. That is a convincing, say convincing, manifestation of His presence. And under His feet, hallelujah, this is talking about Moses, was like pavement of bright sapphire stone, like the very heavens in clearness. And upon the nobles of the Israelites, he laid not his hand to conceal himself from them, to rebuke their daring or to harm them, but they saw the manifestation of the presence of God and ate and drank. That is an amazing scripture. I'm going to read it again from the Amplified. And they saw the God of Israel. That is a convincing manifestation of his presence and under his feet. It was like pavement of bright sapphire stone, like the very heavens in, in, in clearness. And from the nobles of the Israelites, he laid not his hand to conceal himself from them, to rebuke their daring or to harm them but they saw the manifestation of his presence of the presence of God and ate and drank that's awesome hallelujah I'm excited about that verse now if you'd go to Isaiah 60 hallelujah we'll read verse 1 and 2 and we'll begin with these scriptures tonight uh, another thing we I want to tell you about the amplified bible Sometimes the Amplified, we talk, I've heard it referred to as the multiple choice version, and it's, it is wordy. 
but I, I need to explain what the Amplified Bible is. I feel this need. Uh, the Amplified Bible, what it actually does is go to the literal Hebrew or the literal Greek in the New Testament sense, and it look, it's, it gives a fuller definition of the word. So basically carrying an Amplified Bible or reading a verse in the Amplified Bible is like using a strong concordance with your Bible. It's got the Strong's definition of what the word means built in. And so, hallelujah. Thought you might want to know that. Uh, Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise from the depression and pro prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of our Lord, of the Lord. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and dense darkness all peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you, and His glory shall be seen on you. Now that doesn't read a whole lot different than the King James. But I want you to take note that when, when darkness is covering the face of the earth, and I, I believe as much as any time in my lifetime, and I'm sure most of, no, nobody here is hardly older than me, so we'll just call that a long time, hallelujah, a long time. Uh, there's never been darkness to the degree covering the earth. Uh, there's been pockets of darkness. There always has been. But it seems like to me that the whole earth is at a higher level of darkness than it's ever been. And that's something to do with end times and people becoming lovers of themselves and lovers of pleasure and all those kind of things. And uh, the hordes of hell are mad. And the hordes of hell are... Uh, 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 know, what's know what's here, know what's coming. Uh, know more, a lot more than we do about how glorious and awesome and powerful God is and all that He's doing in the earth. And uh, that he, one thing the hordes of hell knows is that, that the people of God are beginning to know who they are. Hallelujah. They're beginning to wake up. They're beginning to know who they are. And because he's angry at that, there's been stuff loosed on the earth. But we are well able to overcome. We're well able to go up and take the city. We are well able. We have the authority of Almighty God inside of us. Jesus gave his authority. And we can use Jesus' name. And we can bind. We can loose. We can, uh, we can take authority over whatever comes to steal, kill, and destroy in the earth. And so um, it's just a matter of doing it. It's just a matter of knowing who we are and doing it. So great darkness covering the people. He says at that time when that happens, that, that the, the glory of the Lord, uh, that we are at that time to arise shine because the glory of the Lord will begin to rise on us more and more. It will begin in verse 2, it says, that the glory shall be seen on us. And sometimes we just read through scriptures and we never sit down and stop to think about what would it look like if the glory of the Lord was to be seen on me. And so that'll be some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight is what it might look like. I believe we ought to talk about the glory, celebrate the glory. Uh, I believe we ought to, to understand the glory, uh, have an understanding so that we can not only pray and believe for those things, uh, 
but we can also, hallelujah, we won't be afraid when, when God uh, comes in his presence upon us. And when, you know, and, and then when people ask us, well, what is that that's happening to you? We'll be able to say, well, that's this and that's what it means because it always means something. It always points to a greater truth when God is showing his glory. Uh, upon us hallelujah and we talked about this sunday how we talked about the windows of heaven and of course there are portals in the earth where god is um i I don't really fully understand this but like uh in the book of genesis where jacob said he he actually says he camped out at a spot and the Angels were ascending and descending on a ladder at that spot. He saw it in the he saw in the spirit and saw that. I don't know that everybody would have been able to see it, but he saw that. And they he said that it was a it was a portal of heaven. It was a window of heaven open. And there are places in the earth, and they have actually found the place where that happened. And there are people that go there and they say the presence of God is awesome where Jacob's ladder was it's actually got a marker there in Israel you know where they where that actually happened and so uh, they they make they make journeys to that place to be in a portal and so there's different kinds of portals I've always felt like that since we moved into this building that in this room there's a very uh, there's a portal to pray that we have not had at other places and other times. And uh, so uh, it's been very pleasurable and very enjoyable and very easy to pray in this place. Um, so different kinds of portals. But so <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say about that. Hallelujah. But his glory is got is going to be seen on you. And so that will go to the next sign from that. I don't know where I got that. The sign. So signs and wonders in the Bible. Are signs and wonders in the Bible? Well, sometimes, you know, we're real quick to throw out signs and wonders. Or we think that we kind of relegate them to something that maybe uh, is not seen so much. And it's just something that you might perceive. You might feel a good goosebump or you might have this. Or sometimes we relegate. You know, it amazes to me. I thought about this today and I thought, I know that we've all done this. But why do we call signs and wonders or signs earthquakes, volcanoes, because that's hell. That's not heaven. Now they they might be a um, an indicator that we're in the end times as they come often, but it is not a sign from heaven. An earthquake is not where people are killed and destroyed and volcanoes and and uh, you know if God in the Old Testament sometimes God did do. Uh, things where people got swallowed up and things like that. But let me tell you something. In the Old Testament, when he did that, first of all, we're not under that covenant. We're under a covenant of grace. But secondly, he never missed his mark. <laughs> he never kind of got it, but missed it. And I've always said this, is if God was going to uh, do something in the earth in this season like an earthquake or something or or run a plane into the twin towers there wouldn't be any christians get killed there wouldn't be he wouldn't miss his mark and there's some places i can think where he ought to do that but 
he's, you know, hallelujah. Instead, he's pouring out revival and blessing and uh, hallelujah. I was, uh, Eric's going to India in November. I said that Sunday, but I was listening today and somebody was giving a, a prophecy about India and what the marvelous move of God that is happening in India and uh, hallelujah. So we need to listen to what heaven's doing. Pay attention. So in the Bible, is there signs and wonders? Well, we have to remember that all through the Old Testament, there were signs and wonders. But even if you just go to the New Testament, at Jesus' birth, there was all sorts of signs and wonders and angelic appearances and and uh, all virgin birth and hallelujah. There was all sorts of things that we would call supernatural signs and wonders. A star appearing in the sky and leading people and, you know. And then uh, when Jesus began his ministry, he began his ministry with a miraculous sign. And, uh, and then he did miracles and signs throughout his ministry, but he began his ministry with a miraculous sign. And I want you to take note of this. He did, it was not a miraculous healing sign. It was a miraculous water into wine. It was a sign. Because sometimes, and I say that because many times now, we put signs and wonders all under the category of healing. But healing is not signs and wonders. It could be, you know, but sometimes some healings are just healings. Some healings could be a sign and a healing. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. And Jesus' ministry was marked by signs, wonders, miracles, and demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Let's go to John 20, verse 30. Now, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that shows all the, uh, not all, it shows many of the miracles of Jesus. But we look in verse 20, and I have these verses marked in my Bible. Chapter 20 of John in verse 30, and it says, And many other signs, say many other signs. Many other signs. Truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. And then if you go over to John 21, verse 25, you'll want to mark this one too. It says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. That is an awful... uh, This is a big world. And if that... What John said, that is an amazing amount of signs and wonders and miracles and healings that Jesus did. And then we go to the book of Acts and we know that the after Jesus' death and resurrection that the uh, apostles and all and the disciples not just the 12 apostles but the but the disciples of Jesus throughout the book of Acts uh did uh signs and wonders. Jesus' last words to his disciples in Mark 16 was about signs. He taught them to go into all the world, and then he said that there were certain signs that would follow them that believed. And one of them was they'd lay hands on the sick, they would speak with new tongues, they would uh, cast out demons, they would, uh, if they accidentally drank any poisonous thing, uh, it would not harm them. And uh, uh, hallelujah. 
That wasn't what he said, actually. He said, take up serpents. Uh, that, that accidentally drinking it poisonous thing, that was in another scripture. I'm mixing two scriptures there. But he said there was a condition, and he said, the signs would follow them that believe. Amen. And then if you go to Acts, let's go to Acts 19, and I'm going to go in the Amplified again. Uh, that's That was one level of signs. But you go into Acts 19, and we see... Uh, the Paul and Peter, and they're operating at a whole different level of signs and wonders than the Mark 16 signs. Acts 19, verse 11. And God did unusual, say unusual, unusual. and extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Unusual and extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. One of the, and it's, it's plural, but only one of those was, one of those was that handkerchiefs or towels or aprons which had touched his skin were carried away and put upon the sick and their diseases left them and evil spirits uh, came out of them. Hallelujah. This is still happening today. This is happening a big, huge... There's I've heard some testimonies. I don't even have time to tell you all of them. A big, huge test, uh, miracles that have come just from aprons and coats and jackets and just uh, being up there and people praying up for them. And then they take them to somebody and have a, they have a miracle. Hallelujah. I believe in miracles. I believe in healing. I believe in signs. I believe in wonders. And I believe... It, as the church, we need them. Then, uh, remember at the birth of the church, in at the day of Pentecost, there were signs. Well, sometimes we kind of mess this one up. We say, well, we kind of combine it, and it's not a combination. That There were cloven tongues of fire that sat upon their head. There, they actually had fire on their heads. I bet you when they went out in the streets of Jerusalem and there was a fire, you know, you, they'd say, your hair's on fire. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, their hair was on fire. It looked like a fire was on them. It wasn't the, the tongues. Then they spake in other tongues, but that wasn't the cloven tongues of fire that were, were upon their head. And uh, throughout the ages, you can read testimonies of the supernatural fire being upon people. I'm ready for you to have fire on your head. Hallelujah. I'm ready for you to ignite in Winn-Dixie. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let them call 911. But here's my reason I'm teaching this tonight, you got to be prepared because you know what God starts, he, he finishes, but you may have to deal with it in the middle. You may have to, they'll say, what is that? What is wrong with you? They're going to be wanting to take you and commit you to somewhere. So you've got to have a ready, you've got to have meditated these things. You've got to have seen these things. You've got to walk it out. I know uh, uh, Sunday uh, or Monday one, I had a little vision now, on Sunday, we ate at um, Legrand. And uh, so, like, the next day, I don't know if I was, hallelujah, thinking about Legrand or what, but or that night or something, I had a little vision. And in the vision, uh, the, the, the glory of God came on me and Pastor while we were in Legrand, and revival broke out there. And in my vision, I didn't really see what happened, but there was just a bunch of movement and scurrying, and chairs were falling over, and it was noisy. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get ready for that, Lord. 
because I believe that's coming and it's coming to you too. And we talked Sunday. I know why I started. I talked about all the portal. Because Sunday we talked about, will you be a portal? Will you be a window for the glory of God to come through? You're a portal. I mean, because not everybody can go over where Jacob's ladder is. So God wants you to be the portal. He wants you to be the open window in your he- in your house and with your family and wherever you go. Amen. Okay, so at the birth of the church, there were signs and wonders. The book of Revelation, we know for certain sure this whole thing's going to wind up with a bunch of signs and wonders. The ending in the book of Revelation is all about signs and wonders. I mean, you know, prophets are going to die and then they're going to come back. And I don't know what all. I don't have time to go into all that. I know what all. I mean, I don't know if. I can quote it all, but I don't have time for that. So why do we need to get need signs in the church? Now, the very main reason, if I wanted to sum it up in one sentence, that I would tell you is we can't get the job done without them. We're not going to be able to get this done. If we are, and I don't, you know, if this is winding down, if there's two years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I don't care if there's 50 years. If you go by what's happened in the last 50 years, and you said, we're going to do that same amount in the next 50 years, the job would not be done when Jesus came came back. It would not be done. We're not getting it done fast enough. That's why God's amping this up. He's going to release signs and wonders into the church. And I'm going to be there at the spout when the glory comes out. I'm, I'm hallelujah. It's not because not going to be because I'm not seeking Him. I'm seeking His presence. We're not seeking signs. We're seeking Him. And He can do whatever He wants to. Amen. He can do what He wants to. But uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just not going to be uh, falling behind in any good thing that God's doing in the earth. And whatever that means, I have to do to do it. Even if it means I have to go somewhere and get in the place where where they're having signs and wonders. Okay, so the number one, I'm going to give you just, these are no relevance or of importance. They're all of no, number one doesn't mean it's more important. But I believe this is very important. We need to see God. People need to see God. I like one person, he said, uh, this was David Hogan. I heard him say this one time. He said, when God and angels come in and walk through a place, they leave trails. You can see the manifestation of the presence of God many times. Or if you don't see it, you may feel it or hallelujah. There, There should be enough faith released in any service to visibly see the presence of the Lord. Are you releasing your faith with me? Now, that's what David Hogan said. There should be enough faith released in any service to visibly see the presence of the Lord. We need to amp up our faith. Hallelujah. Amen. The Spirit-filled church does not need another special word. I will say amen to that. But what we do need to is to see God. The Spirit-filled church, we don't need another special word, although we love the Word. We've given our life for the Word of God. And we know that the Word of God is life, and it is power, and, and it is truth, and apart from truth. But we need to see God. We need to see what the Word of God says we will see. And He said, you will see he, uh, uh, the glory. Uh, number two, uh, we need signs and wonders to convert the lukewarm to the passionate. 
to make disciples out of followers. Disciples invest their whole life in the things of God, but followers only come occasionally for a good message. Oh, do we ever have a world, maybe not world, but with the United States is full of people that are only followers that show up occasionally. Some of them only Christmas and Easter for a good message. We've got to have a conversion, and I believe it's going to take signs and wonders because we've preached some marvelous messages in this church. And there's better than us that are preaching marvelous messages. And I believe personally that the United States, the South in particular, is so gospel-hardened. Number three, encounters with God and His power mark us and our children and families for life. I know this is true because I mean people in this town that I ain't been to church in 30 years, they will tell you how their grandmother saw an angel. And they're still being marked by the fact that Granny, who died 25 years ago, saw an angel. Because signs and wonders mark us, and they mark our families for the glory of God. Number four. To break the religious boxes that bind people. Would you say that we are bound up in the South and in the Bible Belt? And I, you know, I can't speak for anywhere else, but we are so bound up with religion that here's what I have heard ministers say. Uh, they, I have heard them say that when you have signs and wonders and you're out in the mall, that the people that don't know God love it. Eat it up. Love it. And you, but the people that fight signs and wonders are the ones that are born again and a lot of times spirit filled. Sometimes. So we need to break these religious boxes that bind up people and sometimes bind us. God loves anything that isn't normal to this world. Jesus was controversial. Would y'all agree with that? But he was so interesting. And I believe that the reason people like to come is because they never knew what was going to happen. God manifesting His presence on people is normal Christianity. You know, Sid Ross always talking about that He's normal, but that it's normal to have signs and wonders. That's normal Christianity. Number five. Constant release of fresh oil. We need signs and wonders so that fresh oil is constantly released. Let's look at that in Psalm 92.10. Some of these I have a scripture for. Some of them I believe I could just I can just prove. Psalm 92.10. Hallelujah. But my horn emblem of excessive strength and stately grace, you have exalted like that of a wild ox. I am anointed with fresh oil. We all need an anointing of fresh oil. And uh, Signs and Wonders releases an anointing of fresh oil that keeps the church pure. And, is, and the church needs to be purified right now. And not in our spirit. We're born again. But uh, we don't live like 
we don't live normal Christianity. We live uh, worldly Christianity many times. So this anointing of fresh oil keeps the church pure, keeps the church alive, keeps the church clean, free from offense. You know, in the glory, offenses just melt away. In the glory, in supernatural unity comes from these a supernatural unity, not a unity over doctrine. When, when, when the glory cloud falls, it don't matter much what you believe. Amen. Number six, God loves to give gifts to His children. He loves us. To, he loves to give gifts to us. And I tell you what, He said for earn, us to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. I, I personally believe that that when God gave us lists of things in the Bible, He didn't always include every, like in First Corinthians chapter, uh, what is it, twelve? Yeah, 12. He didn't list every spiritual gift that people could have or operate in. But he gave us nine. Nine main ones. Well, we're to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. And I know you've heard and I've heard testimonies throughout the years of people that had awesome spiritual gifts in different areas. Uh, number seven, to confound the wise of this world. Hallelujah. The natural mind is never right. Hallelujah. God is always right. In 1 Corinthians 1.27, 1 Corinthians 1.27, thank you, Lord. We're ready, Lord. At River Church, we're ready. We're ready when you're ready. I say that, buddy. It might be that we're not as ready as we think we are, but God, get us ready. We're ready. Okay, we are ready. Orange says we're ready. Okay, we're ready, Lord. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. I believe God is going to confound those that are wise in this world. Or Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Some people will never be saved, verse number 8, without signs and wonders. 1 Corinthians one we're in 1 Corinthians 1, so look at verse 22, says, For the Jews require sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. So the Jews require sign, and I believe there's some other people, that it's going to take a sign before they believe God is real. Amen? God loves to override our natural mind, doesn't he? Hallelujah. Number eight. Some people, oh, I already gave you that one. Number nine. Without signs and wonder, the church becomes dead, dry, and religious. That might be kind of repetitious. I think I already gave one sort of like that. First Corinthians 8, 1. Turn over there real quick. Without signs and wonders, the church becomes dead, dry, and religious. First Corinthians 8, 1 says, uh, knowledge, knowledge puffeth up. You know, we can hear so much teaching, we can get puffed up and prideful about how much better doctrine we have, how much more we know than everybody else. I've noticed that in my situation, God took some people... When I began to... Uh, my pursuit after greater glories 
of God began in 1999. Now, we got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1980. And from the time I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, for some reason, I love the Holy Ghost. I love Holy Spirit. And I don't even like to say, I, I say Holy Spirit sometimes, but I like to call him the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so, um, um, but I just always love the work of the Holy Ghost. Always have, always loved tongues, always been excited to speak in tongues. Um, you know, it just thrills my heart. And you maybe I, I know everybody doesn't feel that way, but maybe you had to have been a Baptist, you know, to feel that way. But when we got filled with the Holy Ghost, we'd been Baptist all our life. It's just like Oh, it was, it was so refreshing. It was so refreshing. And so it was so thrilling. It was so refreshing. And I've not ever got over that. And so when the movement kind of went through where we're going to become seeker sensitive and we're going to water everything down so and it's like so we can win some people to the Lord. Well, actually, what you do when you do that is you make Christians that ain't worth having. If they're even born again, they're not worth having. And... uh so when that first came through, I'm like, I just did not like it. And I'm not saying we didn't try some of it for a while, but I'm just like, I don't like this. I was bad, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, been the Baptist, been nominal, been, uh, uh, you know, week and week services, just, you know, singing and nothing else. And so I've always wanted more. I didn't always have more and I've, we've not always manifested more, but we've always wanted it. 1999, I got a hold of a book called Glory by Ruth Ward Heflin. Well, you know, we had kind of been taught after we got filled with the spirit that, that, um, a lot of people, well, you know, in the first part of the charismatic movement, it was all that supernatural unity and everybody loved everybody. And if you were filled with the Spirit, you were it. It didn't matter what you came out of, if you were Catholic or whatever. But there began to be some divisions in the body of Christ. And, you know, through our friends and different people we heard preach, we began to maybe have our nose in there and look down on people that didn't believe just exactly like we believed in everything. And, and so in 1999, when I got a hold of this book and then I began to pursue I think she wrote like seven books and boys I read all of them and then I went to the next thing and everything and um, read somebody else about the glory and read somebody else about the signs and wonders and the miracles in the earth and as I began to read those things and then uh, I began to find out that some people I thought didn't know much of anything knew just about as much as I did I because I was kind of thought well y'all don't know about faith and then I found out they knew about faith and they had signs and wonders too. And I was amazed when I first read Bill Johnson's book. Well, I, they couldn't know about anything because they weren't in our camp. And we were taught things like dance with who brung you and stuff like that. Well, I, I, I can't dance with who brung me. They're all dead. And so, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of hard to, I'm, I quit dancing with who brung me because they're dead. And so, um, uh, I didn't realize that, you know, there's some people that, that they knew God as good as we did. And, you know, you need to stay away from those prophecy people. And then I found out, man, some of them, man, I tell you what, one of them, they said, stay away from him was that Dr. Bill Hammond down there at Santa Rosa Beach. And I'd like, man, I'd like to get to his church. He's a, he's a prophecy man, you know, but I don't care what he is. If he knows God and 
hallelujah. And I found out that they knew stuff we didn't know and they were having signs and wonders and we weren't. And I'm like, what is wrong with, you know, we got to break out of this religious box we've built ourselves into and we got to get out there and whoever's got the, who's ever's got the stuff. Hallelujah. I don't know if you agree with me on that, but God loves to give gifts to his children. Number seven, confound the wise. Now, where am I at? Uh, nine. Okay. Without signs and wonder. Oh, we already did that. For ten. Signs are proof that the kingdom is at hand for the unbeliever. Remember Matthew 3, 2? He said, go preach and tell them the kingdom is at hand. And the uh, uh, signs are proof that the kingdom is within us for the believer. Luke 17, 21, he said, the kingdom of God is within you. Well, proof of that is, you know, praise God. Is the kingdom getting on the outside? Number 11, God desires us to experience heaven on earth. We pray that. Uh, Our Father which art in thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. The signs a lot of times are just things from heaven getting manifested in the earth. We could talk about them. I could go on, but I'd rather, I want to talk about some signs for a minute. And I'm going to get all bogged down here. If I have time, I'll go back to that. Here's some things I've heard about. Blue fire flying off of people's fingers. Now, don't get scared here. Eyes turning blue. Eyes turning bright blue. I heard David Hogan tell about he went and he went home from a meeting and he looked in the mirror in the hotel and he went, he scared himself because his eyes were bright blue. And so he went, uh, the pastor the next day at lunch said, uh, oh, Dave, we got to talk to you. And he said, okay. And he said, uh, our people are scared and they, they're scared to come back at the meeting. He said, Oh, you saw it too. That's what David said. You saw it too, huh? He said, Yeah, your eyes were like flaming blue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cylinders of power appearing in services. A cylinder just of power. Okay. Gold dust. And sometimes sapphire colored, red colored, every silver colored. Manna appearing in Bibles. We saw that one time on the finger of God. Uh, rain, wet rain falling in services. The dew, dew coming into the service. Feathers, oil, oil pouring from people's hands. Oil coming out of the hands. Hallelujah. I know I'm getting excited just thinking about it. Sounds from heaven. Hearing the angels, you're singing all of a sudden. There's people singing with you that that aren't in the service or they're in the service but you know what they're not okay and then angels appearing amen gold fillings gold fillings in teeth sometimes in the shape of a cross i think that's just because god has a sense of humor but you know some things are like the gold fillings they ha- they say they happen a lot up in the arctic in alaska foreign countries where people can't get dental work done and their teeth are rotted and falling out also i heard this teeth whitening in services <laughs> hallelujah isn't that awesome i don't know about you getting so excited but i am um the blood sign blood appearing in people's hands now don't get freaked out about that hallelujah thank you jesus i don't know if i have time to explain it all because all of them speak of some rainbows appearing in services, like inside the building. Uh, whirling spiral clouds 
And we, do y'all remember last fall when we came to prayer one night and we had had a seen a sign on the way to prayer and it was a whirling, it was a spiral cloud like that. And we tried to take a picture of it. And, uh, but, uh, since then I heard, since we saw that, I knew it was a sign for us, but it's, uh, it is a whirling cloud is angels and specifically healing angels. And they, referenced how the angel went down in the pool of Bethesda and stirred the water. Stir, stir. Y'all get it. Okay. Shaking, people shaking, people shaking. Heaven shaking. Heaven. When heaven shakes, somebody said this, blessings come down when earth shakes or when you shake, usually it's something being taken out of you either depression or you know something gemstones appearing in services i watched this one service on the on youtube and it was david hogan now this man he is credible he has got the gospel he's had 600 people under his ministry raised from the dead you know if just his testimony is phenomenal and he's just a little old guy from northeast ark uh, northeast louisiana and just country as he can be and he's just Phenomenal miracles all over the earth, not just in Mexico now, but now all over the earth. And he was in one place in the United States. It was in, I can't even remember where it was. I think it might have been in Arkansas. And he is preaching and gemstones are appearing and he just tells the kids, come get them. And there are just kids all up over the front. The whole time he's preaching, you'd think it'd be bothersome, but it wasn't. I mean, they're up there finding gemstones, and one of them hand one to him. He said, no, honey, I got a whole sack full of them at home. You keep it. (laughs) I mean, it's just awesome, you know, what God's doing. Um, Every good gift comes down from uh, heaven. Lights, lights just, have you ever seen, have you ever seen a light in your house, just a, I mean, out of the corner of your eye, you saw a light. What was that? You've seen that? That's angel a lot of times. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it wasn't your nightlight flickering. If it was, you know, if it was, it was the nightlight. But if it wasn't nothing, uh, he's the father of lights. The angels are lights. Little, Some angels are lights. Uh, man, I love the Holy Ghost. I just started writing down today. I was waiting on something. I started writing down all the uh, things I had heard about. These are just things I heard about. Hallelujah. Well, we got a little more time. I'll I'll finish a few more, but I wanted to make sure we got that. Um, <clears throat> number 12. The, the one reason for signs and wonders is because God wants to give them. And God gets to do what He wants to do. And James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift. Amen. James 13. I think some of you kind of got scared when I gave all that list. Number 13. get pe- To get people's attention and wake them up. Romans 13.11 said, It is time, that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. You know, a lot of things we pray for and we ask for, then we don't ever stop to think how that's going to happen. But something's going to have to happen to make it happen, what we've, what we've prayed for to happen. Hallelujah. Number 14, we are for signs and wonders in our nation. Isaiah 8.18 says, my, me and my children are for signs and wonders in Israel. I say, me and my children are for signs and wonders in our nation. 
That's what we're here for. We are for that. And I want to be a portal. Number 15, for a quick work, for a quick harvest. It is a proven fact that ministries with signs and wonders and the power of God in demonstration get more people saved than those that just come go over there and, you know, try to talk people into it, you know. And besides... Hallelujah. We should desire spiritual gifts so that we could be greater soul winners. Signs bring the lost to us. You, you become a sign and wonder in Walmart, and people walk over to you and say, what's, what's, that, what's that on you? Or what's that, you know. Mark 16 makes it clear that we are to show the world signs in order to fulfill the Great Commission. Not, we're not supposed to be hidden in our church speaking in tongues. These signs were for the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world. Number 16, to change the culture of a city. The world is waiting for signs and wonders. Number 17, every major move of God has had signs and wonders. Read church history. Number 18, even the Methodist were had signs and wonders when they got started. Number 18, signs point the way to greater truth. They always bring a message that calls us to look and be directed toward the glory of Jesus Christ. Number 19, they are promised in the end times. Acts 2.19 says that we would see signs in the heaven and in the earth below. And he told us what some of the signs would be. Now, sometimes our interpretation might be different than what you might see it now, but some of the earth signs are blood. Well, we said, well, you know, that's uh, the blood moon, which that's a sign in the heaven, but in the earth, people are having blood come out of their hands. And I heard one person say, and then it turned into kind of glory dust, red glory dust, and that it speaks of the blood of Jesus, the bloody stripes of Jesus. It speaks, you know, uh, fire, blood, fire. Tongues of fire, we've already seen that in the Word of God. Bushes burning and not being consumed. And the fire speaks of revival, Pentecost, enablements and equippings. The fire also purifies. It, it doesn't destroy, but it does consume. And then glo uh, glory on us, uh, let's see, vapor of smoke, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. That's what Acts 2 said. Glory clouds, the weighty presence of God. The earth shall be, f oh, listen to this. What does Habakkuk 2.14 say? For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. We are supposed to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory. Well, how are we supposed to do that if we don't ever have any glory? We're supposed to fill Tuscaloosa with the knowledge of the glory. And I'm ready to start tonight. I'm ready for whatever God wants to do in my life. Hallelujah. I refuse to be afraid, and I, re I refuse to put such honor on the devil that I'm more afraid of him deceiving me than I am that God will keep me. We don't have to understand everything. Just believe it. And then the last point, how to connect to the glory, just continue to pursue God. It's very simple. Just pursue God. Pursue God. Now, I saw us. How many are ready to be a portal into the earth? Okay, if you're ready to be a portal, we're going to do a prophetic act.
We're going to respond. I saw us do this. I don't know why. I don't have to understand it to do it, do I? Uh, so come up here if you're ready to be a portal and you're ready for God to use you with signs and wonders, whatever he chooses to do. I'm sure he's got much more than what I've listed tonight. Come on up. Hallelujah. And I want you to get in threes. Three people together. Threes. I think this is what the Holy Ghost wants. He saw me. He, I saw it. I saw it. There's three. There's three. There's uh, three. There's. We need one more person, don't we? <laughs> there we go. There you go, Jacob. Hallelujah. Perfect threes. Okay, we're going to get in a... We're going to take hands, and the three of you together are going to make a... There's going to be a portal. I mean, right between you. And I just... All we're going to do is we're just... You pray with that your group... Commit to God, say what you will do, say, tell God if you want it, and then if you want to pray in the Spirit, that'll be good too. Amen.